Not really, whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is Frontier Church's podcast where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. And in today's podcast, Carlos and I talk about Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend. His name was Carlos. <laughs> I mean, now I'm he's just Carlos. Carlos. Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is Frontier Church's podcast where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. And in today's podcast, Carlos and I talk about Carlos coming on full time at Frontier Church. So we'll talk about the origin of this financial decision, how to make good organizational hires, Frontier Church's forgotten goal, Carlos's personal calling. But ultimately, we want to give you clarity on Carlos's position description for his new position. So yeah. church, we love you, and we hope this podcast helps you worship local. All right. So We'll take the long road to getting back to this, but here's the okay. the whole podcast in basically one sentence. We are hiring you mm-hmm. full-time at Frontier Church in order to provide more leadership and vision for Roots mm-hmm. as well as launching the garden. Yeah. Okay. Well, so right up front, we're showing you our cards, church. That's mm-hmm. where we're going. Yeah, so I'll continue to do everything I have been doing, right? Yep. And Okay. Yeah. And then you'll you'll add that on. Okay. So that's a lot. So we'll take the long road to talking more about that. Mm-hmm. First, I want to know how are you feeling about this, dude? Um, excited, nervous, <laughs> like all of it. You know, like I'm eager <laughs> yeah, and yeah. excited and nervous and humbled and um, I think every yeah, feeling all the emotions and so uh, mostly mostly excited and optimistic about what the Lord could do. Um, I shouldn't say mostly. That's a big part of it. I'm mostly grateful uh, for the Lord's provision uh, yeah, for this, yeah. um, for the opportunity to to do what I feel called to do, and um, God continue to take care of our family and um, the ability to serve our church in a in a deeper way. So yeah, it's a pretty amazing thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like just this morning on my laptop, I had news pop up that said. In 2022, um, PCUSA lost 100 churches and about 10% of their church membership. Wow! In in one year, and uh, it's just it's amazing because over here at Frontier, we're not doing anything special. We're just being faithful to the gospel and faithful to the word. And mm-hmm. you know, seven seven years ago, we were a couple people and a couple bucks, and now all of a sudden, we're at a position where we could hire on two full time staff members. So like, it's just like an amazing thing, man. Yeah, it's 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 is nuts to Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's partly why I feel like super gracious and um and humbled is because I know that like the trend is not in this direction. The trend is in the other direction and mm-hmm. um it makes me excited about what the Lord could uh, potentially be trying to do. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. man, it's I'm excited. So Yeah, man. How's how's yeah. Caitlin feeling? She's excited, yeah. Um I think she's 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 happy for so, a little bit of normalcy in my schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you just kind of do what you got to do, and so she's excited for that. Um, she's excited to yeah see me do what she thinks that I'm really gifted at. Um, you know, as we were having discussions about like what my job description could potentially look like, 
she kept saying, you got to do something with the kids. Like, it has mm-hmm. to be something with the kids. And so yeah. um, it's just interesting to see kind of, like, the consensus be that way. And I, I don't know if I would have been, like, yes, like, kids. But as I've gotten feedback and listened to her and kind of even examined my own story, like, I'm like, oh, this kind of makes sense. This this makes a lot of sense. God, mm. you're, God's, God's, you're funny, God, you know. Um, so, yeah, she's excited. Mm-hmm. Good man, that's, yeah. that's exciting. Um, so I, I want to talk more about that, um, but, <laughs> um, but, but before I do, let's just, for the sake of clarity for our church, um, we've got a membership meeting right around the corner. What's yeah. the date on that? Uh, May twentieth, two uh, twelve p.m. to two p.m. Um, potluck style. Yeah, uh, we'll have kids. Um, we we'll have a classroom for the kids to to play so that so parents can give their undivided attention. Mostly, it'll be informative, but mostly fun. So, sweet, yeah. sweet. So we'll we'll hammer more in depth uh, financially how we have the the capacity to do this. Um, maybe some other higher level organizational decisions that we're making for Frontier Church. It's all going to be fun stuff for sure. But um, before that membership, we wanted to get this on your radar so that you had the ability and capacity to talk with us about this decision mm-hmm. between now and uh, and then. So um, we're not going to dive into this all the way in this podcast, but just for starters, man, like uh, let's let's ask the question: um, Where'd this money come from? Yeah, um, our this city. is a doozy. This yeah. is a good question. It's also kind of like, yeah. Sorrowful, you know. Yeah. So um, we, uh, we took on this building, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw an amazing thing happen, which is our internal tithing increased in our local church. So mm-hmm. because of faithful members who want to see the mission of God move forward, um, you guys have just given above and beyond so that our our internal tithing would catch up with our expenses. Mm-hmm. So you guys have brought us to the point where we can afford coal uh, full-time, the building, a stipend position for Joseph, and Carlos part-time. Yeah. But then something else happened that is going to give us the ability to take Carlos on full-time. Yeah. What's that thing? Yeah. Um, I guess we should also clarify that my position was always scaled to be full-time and so we were just Mm kind of waiting and praying and asking the lord for that um but our sending church redeemer church um yeah they they're closing their doors and um they essentially just wanted to bless us and so we knew that they were going to be sending us a check, but we didn't know what it was for. We would have been happy with five dollars, anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the we check work was, with scraps, bro. Yeah, yeah. The check was big, <laughs> and and so the question we asked ourselves at the elder table is like, um, not how churches would spend this money, but how would Frontier spend the money? And it really boiled it down to church planning, people, church planning, and people, really. Was there another category? Do you remember? Another uh, one too, I can't remember. Yeah, no, you you pretty you pretty yeah. much got it. Um, yeah. So church planning and people, and so um, I don't want to get into the details because, like, obviously, like everyone who's not a member of our church is going to hear this podcast. But and we'll explain this at the membership meeting. But so we, yeah, allocated um, a portion of it to church planning, um, specifically to Emmaus Church, and. Um, yeah, decided to take a risk and uh, bring me on full time. 
so that, um, yeah, my position would hopefully generate growth in our church to where this wouldn't just be a risk, but it could be a, a permanent thing. So, yeah, 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 that's good. And we'll we'll give you guys. It's not appropriate on a podcast that everybody can listen to for us to give you the exact number and to to break it down. Right, that's that's family stuff. Um, that's a family conversation. So we'll give you that type of stuff at the at the membership meeting. <clears throat> um, you know, because uh, like Carlos said, a little bit's going to planting, a little bit's going you know to savings, a little bit to building renovations and stuff like that. Yeah, and, I didn't mention all that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff is important. Um, but like Carlos said, I think I'm keenly aware of a concept called mission drift mm-hmm. or organizational drift where after certain levels of success, organizations drift away from their actual calling hmm. and they they lose their clarity of vision and they become like everybody else. And so the big question we kept on asking at the elder table was not how would every other church spend this money? That's how you wind up looking like every other church, right? Yeah. Um, but how would Frontier Church spend this money, the mm-hmm. unique people that we are and the vision that we have? And uh, we really just kind of kept coming back to people and yeah. planting, people and planting, mm-hmm. people and and planting. And, yeah, we're going to do some renovation stuff in the building, okay? And, and that's going to be really fun. But we also need to distinguish between um, a generative position and a non-generative position. So, like, when we do renovations in the building, that's really great, um, but that's that's a non-generative way of spending your money. You you put it into the building, and it looks nice, and that's great, and we'll do some of that. Um, but a generative position is is when you can spend your money in a way that will actually move the mission of God forward and perhaps generate more internal tithing. Yeah. And so, as a people-first church, we were like, man— this gives us an opportunity to hire Carlos on full time, and let's just plead before the Lord that mm-hmm. this is a generative hire. That this gives us the ability to pay you as a missionary to our city to go out and serve the city of Des Moines, so that our mission can continue to be funded and you yeah. know move forward. So. That's a great way of putting it, man. Yeah, funding me as a missionary to our city, and um, yeah. So, like I said, I'm super grateful and humbled, and um. It's just, it really is like indicative of like the Lord's hand and him moving and, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good, man. So let's talk a little bit more, um, about this, this hire. So I think that when a church with a solid vision and mission makes a hire, I think that they're thinking about two components coming together, Hmm. organizational need and personal passion, okay? Where where you have one of those, mm-hmm. you don't have a good hire. Where you have both of them, you do, right? So like if you've got an organizational need that you fill, but somebody's not really passionate about it, yeah. you just end up getting a lifeless ministry. Mm. But if you've got somebody who's personally passionate about something, but it's not an organizational need, you get chaotic, non-productive yeah. ministry. Yeah. But where you can combine mm. organizational good. need with personal passion, mm-hmm. boom. That's the secret sauce right there. Yeah. Yeah, 
That's good. I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. You just amen. I amen that. <laughs> well, let's talk. Well, let's yeah. talk about the first component. Yeah. Uh, Organizational need. What does our? <laughs> what does our? I mean, we're like no. Yeah, we're in funny. the middle of three. You know, three Sundays back to back of doing baby dedications. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about what's our organizational need right now as a church. Um. We have a lot of needs. I think probably the one that's most pressing and the one that I think that has has been probably the not ignored. Maybe ignored is a hard way of saying it, but it's probably just been put on the back burner. Um, has just been our ministry to our kids. Uh, it's in yeah, our mission yeah. statement. Or it's in our values, our goal, excuse me, that we want to be our grandchildren's church, that we want to build something that we can pass down to our kids' kids and um yeah, baby dedications happening in the last, like having to space out baby dedications over three Sundays, you know, um, mm-hmm. babies are still being born. Baby, our ba- our kids who were here when we planted Frontier um, are now like in elementary school now Dang. and like yeah. they're growing. And so like there is this need uh, for us to, um, to, yeah, disciple our children to, as children, you know, make professions of faith and as as they get older, like what does it look like for us as a church to walk with young families to help them disciple their children and to come alongside the children um, on their discipleship journey as well. And so, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's it, it's interesting. So that that goal, we have three goals as a church mm-hmm. and we want to be our grandchildren's church is kind of the forgotten goal. Yeah. You know, because, like, we want to be a church planting church. Well, dude, if you include Frontier, in the last six and a half years, we've planted three churches. <laughs> like, God's blessed us there. Yeah. Right? Frontier, yeah. Emmaus, Hope City. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is we want to be the city's most joyful church. Yeah. Like, we hammer that one from the pulpit, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, but we want to be our grandchildren's church as one that maybe doesn't get as much airtime hmm. as, as the other two, which is kind of... I feel bad about that because I think it's actually absolutely like crucial to our church's health because yeah. that goal is in there to to help our church think two generations deep mm. to not ask the questions of like oh this is my church and did I like mm-hmm. church today and mm-hmm. did I no 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 this isn't your church think yeah. one two generations deep like yeah, start deep. thinking about like is this is this is Russell's church. This is Zion's church. Mm-hmm. This is Reese's church, right? Yeah. This, and when you start to see church that way, you stop seeing it in a self-centered way, and you start seeing it in an other-centered way. Mm-hmm. So I just I think this goal is uh, is so crucial. You what what also ends up happening is you stop seeing children as a barrier to the church, and you start seeing them as part of the church. Yeah. So. And it's you, just, dude, that's so cute. Yeah, and it, I, you know, I, I kind of spoke on this on Sunday about like, you know, the disciples arguing about who's going to be great in the kingdom of God, and like, I would, I would argue to say that everyone wants to do something great for God, and what Jesus does is he brings his child to the to to the middle of his teaching and says, "You need to receive this child," and then yeah, in Luke yeah. it says like, "You need to become like this child," and so receiving children, becoming like children, like. That's I I think that's ooh I don't want to get in trouble but I'm gonna say it um I think that's 
because children have been so siloed off from the life of the church at large, I think that's probably why there's just a, a lack of joy in some churches. Um, mm-hmm. And like we like as the American church as a whole, um, yeah, we just don't see children as 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 important parts of the body of Christ. And yeah, so their joy, their optimism, the way they forgive easily, like we need to learn from them. And so, um, yeah, I think it, it definitely is a forgotten goal. Um, pro- I think probably not just at Frontier. Hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting because you know what Jesus says about receiving children and entering the kingdom of God like these. Mm-hmm. I think what Jesus has in mind, and I'm not Jesus's therapist, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I think what is in Jesus's mind, though, is uh, Ezekiel's vision of New Jerusalem and new creation in the Old Testament. You know, oh. when it, when Ezekiel sees the city of God um, in new creation, he one of the components he uses to describe it is that children are laughing and playing in the streets. Mm. Um, and the interesting thing is that when that happens at church, a lot of times it gets shut down. Yeah. Or people view that as an obstacle Jeez. to church. And so categorically, what I want us to see is when a church sees children laughing and playing as an obstacle to church, they are seeing the kingdom of God as an obstacle to their church. Wow. Think about the craziness of that, man. Yeah, that's wild. Right? Yeah. Like, and so we need to be a church that welcomes that. Yeah. You know, and, welcomes and celebrates yeah. and... Meaningfully yeah. involves mm-hmm. them. And, yeah. And so... Um, yeah, man, that's so good. Gosh, I just want to stay there, but I know we got other stuff to talk about. Well, um, you know, I think, you know, doing it well and being your grandchildren's church, I think means making strategic decisions um, to build up the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, before we go there, I also think that being your grandchildren's church also means meaningfully involving kids into the life of the church too and not just siloing them off. So I want to ask you personally. Yeah. Um what are some ways that you have meaningfully involved your kids in Frontier Church's life? That's good, man. Um I mean, the biggest part is I bring them to church. <laughs> like like seriously, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that's that seems kind of counterintuitive. Not counterintuitive. It seems like like duh, but uh, bringing they them like to it. church, they bring it. They 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 love it. Yeah, favorite Zion, day. Zion said Zion on 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 Saturday we were getting ready um, to go to bed. And he said, "What's tomorrow?" And I was like, "Sunday." He was like, oh, "It's my favorite part of, of the, it's my favorite day of the week." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Why is that?" And he said, "Because I get to see all my friends." And so, mm. um, yeah, it. Yeah, so so that's that's one way. Um, um, I mean, our kids participate in roots, and so that I think that's another way. Um, Zion sits in the ser- obviously we don't have a a third classroom yet, but um, Zion sits in the service. Um, <clears throat> but this is a good question. You put me on the spot. Um, how do I involve my kids in the church gathering? Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really getting them around believers, like let like you know them talking to other believers. Um, yeah. If I'm going to yeah. like meet with somebody, like sometimes they'll they'll tag along with me. Um, having people over at home, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. And I'm, I, I think I think that like the question is like, how do I continue to do that in a more meaningful way? You know, and I think that's hopefully that's what this job description, that my job description is going to help answer for our church is how do we take our kids um, and help them become integral parts of of of, of our church. So yeah, um, yeah, and I like I do love the fact that we're gonna we're gonna take time and an energy and effort and put them into ministries that can help build kids up in the faith, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that a parent's primary burden when they hear, hey, this church wants to be a church for the next generation, the mm-hmm. next two generations, the primary burden should be, how do I meaningfully involve my kids in the city of God in a way that makes them feel like church isn't just for adults, but it's for them? Yeah. You know, and um, I think that's a that's a great question. The... the uh, the um the article that really got me thinking about this a couple of years ago was John Piper's article should kids sit through um big church mm-hmm. i highly highly recommend googling it um i don't agree with all of it mm-hmm. his argument is you know he wants kids sitting the entire time in church and i i I think it's great if people want to do that. You know, Chloe and I take advantage of Roots, and we we love that. But um, we do want them back, like Chloe and I, like after yeah, after communion, mm-hmm. to experience at least kind of that last yeah. fourth. And uh, a lot of that comes from the influence of Piper in that article, where he talks about, hey, we're to be a church for the next generation. We're not just going to give them skits, mm. right? That's good. The best thing for us to do is to light ourselves on fire with passion Mm -hmm. for the highest glory of God and to put our kids around that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that I think. Like, Mm. yes, roots, yes, the garden, but also how can we put kids meaningfully into the church so that they... Worship is not taught, it's caught. How, Mm -hmm. How can we... Put them in church so that they catch that, you know. Yeah, one of the things, one of the feedbacks from our Easter service, I haven't told you this. Um, when Reese, yeah, when Reese went up there and she did liturgy with with Steve and yeah, um, Zion, we were driving home and Zion was like, you know, maybe one day I should get up and lead us in liturgy. You know, like <laughs> Dude, just yeah. like him, him, yeah. him wanting to like participate and lead our church like that's just what happens when yeah we we integrate the kids into into um what we're doing so yeah yeah. Della loved that dude it was so good I knew she would she would I mean she is Jesus awesome (laughs) yes so good oh man yeah she talked about that for a a couple weeks we even did some liturgy at home for her so yeah it was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was great. Being at the new building has been a little bit more challenging for me to think through how to meaningfully involve my kids because, yeah. you know, the last couple spaces we were at were just easier. Like, mm-hmm. after after church, Chloe would take Della home. You know, the girls would have their girls' date. Mm-hmm. Russell would stick around with me, and he would help tear things down and yeah. put chairs away and take down signs, mm-hmm. and that really helped him feel like he was a meaningful part of the church. But, you know— we own a building now, so that's not there anymore. So yeah, I've seen I've seen yeah. Russell start to take the communion cups, and I think I saw a number yeah. of kids like trying to do it this this uh, Sunday, which is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. bring some order to that that chaos. But but it was just it was cool great. to yeah. see them like, 
oh, I can I can be a part of this. Like this is mine. And I, I think right, yeah. as we create like we need to creatively find other ways for them to be involved, man. Like yeah, I just would love to have a Sunday where there's like young and old leading in different capacities mm-hmm. in that church, man. Just feels like the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's pretty great. You know, he grabs his little green bucket and goes to the middle, you know, and mm-hmm. people will throw in their their communion stuff. And uh, people will be like, hey, you know, thanks for your ministry, Russell. Yeah. And like it, it really helps him feel. Now, truth is, it's easier and faster for me to just pick up the communion cups after something. Yeah. Right? It's, that's just more efficient. Um, but the better investment and deposit for the future of our church. Hmm is for me to put a green bucket in Russell's hand and for him to do the work. Yeah. So I would encourage families to try and find ways to meaningfully involve their kids. It might not look like that. I think another big piece, and you do what you want with this, I don't care, Um, but Chloe and I, we we try to sit towards the front on purpose. Yeah. You know, we, we want our kids to just feel a wave of worship wash over them Mm -hmm. in the front row. Mm Because again, I think the, the best thing I think a parent can do is ask the question, where's the fire for Jesus the hottest? Hmm. And then take their kids there, you know? And yeah. for, for us, that's towards the front. I love know? that. So. I love that. I love that. Yeah, we sit in the front too, and it's inconvenient sometimes, and our kids interrupt you when you're preaching sometimes, but it's just like... I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe two generations deep. Well, maybe subconsciously it is like I want them closer to the fire, but mostly I just, I think the biggest thing I want to demonstrate to my kids is that um, Jesus is worth it. Like, He's worth centering your whole life around, you know. And and maybe that makes me a Bible thumping, you know what? But like. What I've experienced is that Jesus is worth me centering everything, my my whole life around who he is. And not organizations, not mm-hmm. programs, but getting myself under the fountain of, of Jesus's like living water. Like where right. can I do that? So Right. And I, I, I wanna clarify. <laughs> I'm not making like a moral claim on sitting at the front of the church. No, you yeah, know, like I'm yeah. not saying like you're a better Christian. I know a lot of parents find it easier to sit at the back of the church, yeah. and that's great. But I just want to show people my own inner workings. That's and, good. Yeah, you know why yeah. I put our family to the front. And so you look around our church, man, and um, the these people that we're pastoring, I tell you what, they will not slow down in making kids. <laughs> they're they're everywhere, Being right? Very fruitful and multiplying, right? Just like, in, whoa! In ten years, this church is going to be crazy. Bro, we're going to be outnumbered. It's going to be crazy. Bunch of preteens and teenagers, right? Like, yeah. And so, f- for me, our our organizational need is clear. Yeah, look yeah, around on Sunday. For sure, the next generation, sure. man, they're, they are here. So, um, if a if the good hire is organizational need plus personal. Passion, mm-hmm. organizational need is clear. Yeah. Let's talk about personal passion. Do you have <laughs> have the personal passion? Yeah, for a ministry like this. Um, do I have the personal passion for a ministry like this? Yeah. Um, yes, I do. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. Sorry, my kids are here, so I'm gonna go 
Speaking uh, of the next generation. Uh, speaking of the next generation. Um, yeah, I would say I have a passion for it. I think specifically, like, um, one of the things Cole says all the time is that um, some of our deepest wounds are the things that God wants to use to, to bless the world. And not maybe not many of you know my story, but you, you maybe you know that I... I grew up um, single parent household, and um, I've just always longed for fatherhood, and um, and longed to like have somebody mentor me, pour into me, just pour themselves into me. And so, um, I've carried that for a long time. And as a believer, what I've found is that that's actually the thing that God is used to to. Um, bless help me bless other people um one of the things that that cole really tasked me with as we were thinking about this job description was essentially asking people like what do you feel like god has gifted me in and what should i be doing more and i think some of the things that came back were like obvious like i was like oh yeah i'm gonna keep doing that like i'm gonna keep preaching here and there um keep you know leading community group but there were some themes that people kept saying of like our church sees you as a father or you give a lot of fatherly advice to people um and like there were multiple people saying the same thing without them talking to each other or whatnot and I was just like huh that's very interesting and so I don't think that I've necessarily seen myself as a father figure but I think that um, the feedback that I, w- I got and the, and the encouragement that I got was to continue to press into that. And again, like I said, I think that just comes from, you know, one of my deepest wounds. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I do have a passion for it. I think that I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm continuing to, like, grow and cultivate it. Um, to ask the Lord, like, to hold it up and ask the Lord, like, through prayer and discernment. Um how do I best like continue to grow that passion? If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. The sorry, I was hanging with my kids. No, you So I you're missed good. what you said. So essentially, I just said, um, um, <clears throat> I do have a passion for it. Um, talked about just how you know our deepest wounds come from our, our deepest, the ways that we bless the world comes from our deepest wounds, and how I grew up without a father, and so grew up with this need and it's what God has really used to like, I think help encapsulate my ministry to the world. It's like what people have told me is, is that I, I bring a fatherly affection and touch. I don't know. Yeah, yeah so. man. I'm a, obviously if you've been a part of frontier for like a week, you've heard me already say this like three times. I always say it like our greatest gifts that we give to the world come from our deepest wounds. And that's based on Jesus mm-hmm. on the cross. You know, the blood that covers us and the water that cleanses us both come out of the wound in his side, mm. you know. And so Jesus's gift comes out of his wound. And uh, I think that's true for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an astute observation of about yourself. Um, do you think maybe did you have to learn how to be a father as a really young man and young boy since you grew up without a dad? No, I didn't. My mom, I didn't have okay. to be. I didn't have to be a dad or a father. Uh, I'm the only child too, so like maybe if I had siblings, I, that would have been my story. But I think that what what it forced me to do is like ask questions and navigate life and um, make discernments that 
on my own that normally I probably would have just asked my dad, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. How should mm-hmm. I act this way? Should I, you know, and so, and that's just a gift of the Holy Spirit that like, and you know, that, that God is, yeah, that my life turned out the way it did and not in, in some other, other way, but I've, I've just had to grow my gift of discernment of like, maybe I shouldn't go hang out with those people. Maybe I shouldn't yeah, do this. Yeah. Maybe I should, you know, do this or that and and so it's really just growing my discernment i think yeah so that's that's good it's it seems to me that the best dads in the world like world-class fathers tend to predictably come from one of two places Hmm. the place that they don't seem to come from is having a mediocre dad Hmm. So I feel like dudes who just had like a mediocre dad, and I would define a mediocre dad as somebody who's physically present, but emotionally and spiritually absent. Um, dudes who grew up with a mediocre dad, like it seems like they just don't, since their dad was neither present, present or absent, absent, they don't understand really the value of like fatherhood. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, it seems like tremendous dads either come from um, having a great dad where the dad was present, present, so physically present and spiritually present, mm-hmm. or having a dad who was absent, absent, hmm. uh, like emotionally gone, but also like physically mm-hmm. not gone. Because mm-hmm. when you experience that wound, yeah, you see just how important dads are to the world. Hmm. And when you experience an excellent dad, you experience just how important dads are to the world. And I think that's a unique thing about why God has, I think that's one of the many reasons why God has drawn you and me together to work together, hmm. is that our passion for fatherhood, we we represent both, both ends. Both yeah. ends. I had a dad who was present, present. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a dad who was absent, absent. Mm-hmm. And I think both of that's made us both really passionate about mm. being good dudes and good dads. Mm. Um, and so I, I wonder, like... That's good. I do think God used that to develop you for mm. this role. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And like I said, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but one of the, the thing I do know is that like I really enjoy kids. Like I serve in Roots. Like you know, I've been serving in Roots. Um, at one yeah. point, me and Caitlin used to lead Roots before we left and came back. So like that's always Caitlin. You know, she's she serves in there now. Um, um, so it's always been a passion of ours to see the next generation um, built up and developed. And so. It's just cool now that like I get to freaking just nerd out about that and you mm. know and and uh develop these these young young folks which we're calling yeah so we uh, uh, yeah I'll let you go I'll let you go sorry No yeah no jump jump in so no, I was going yeah yeah Well let's jump into position description then yeah. how does that sound So yeah, a- um the reason why position descriptions are so important is just because of uh this is like the Surgeon General's warning <laughs> right now. A warning. Oh, yeah. A warning. <laughs> um, the, the position of pastor is so ambiguous sometimes, yeah. right? You shepherd people, you care for people, you pastor people. Because of that ambiguity, a lot of people import their own ideas mm-hmm. and opinions on what a pastor should be doing. Mm. And uh, when that ends up happening, you have no organizational clarity and you have pastors who get taken advantage of. So at a practical level, that means that when we hire Carlos full time, a lot of people think, oh, great. So Carlos has more time to get coffee with me. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not what we're hiring, Carlos. Yeah. Don't and don't, you know, misunderstand me. We love pastoring you and getting coffee with you, mm-hmm. but that's not actually a part of our position description. That's us volunteering as elders. Yeah. And if you guys members, members, if you want to see my job description, I can I'm yep. more than willing to share it with you. Um and we'll probably we'll probably print them out and everything for the membership meeting. Oh, that yeah, that makes sense. We want we that want like sense. clarity is kindness. Yeah. yeah. Um oh gosh. So Sorry. it protects it protects you yeah, from prote- getting yeah. taken advantage of. And 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 also like what we said is like, hey, we're gonna take two years and we're gonna like take this financial this risk to see if we can grow this thing and my family like we're all on board for it and it's just like yeah it needs to be two years of like hyper focus hyper intentionality so that we can grow this next generation not just so that we can grow our church but so that we can actually do something really cool in the city and and for our church and so um yeah i just needed a needing a hyper focus on what i do so um yeah let me phrase that yeah because a lot of people don't think um, through these types of decision, decisions with kind of an organizational mindset. So this position is not funded by internal tithing. Yeah. It's funded by external giving that is not a dependable monthly thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, if Carlos's position doesn't generate the giving necessary to fund this position in two years— it's not there. So yeah. it's like it's like church planting, you know? Like mm. when we planted this church, I had zero dollars that were coming from inter- internal tithing. Mm-hmm. I had a couple bucks that were coming from our sending church and network. Mm-hmm. And so if we didn't grow the church to a place where they could sufficiently, you know, with internal tithing r- support us, then the position yeah. wasn't there. So yeah. like I, I like this because it's you're putting on your church planting shirt, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, and I, I I love to live on the edge of risk. That's just the way God's made me. I'm a mm-hmm. crazy person. Um, so job description. So uh, I'll continue to to I, my role. Say to say, I'm still pastor of community. Um, so any ministries, house churches, um, community events, calendars, that kind of stuff. Um, but the thing that I'll be adding on is I'll be um, I'll be. Hold on one sec. All right, we're back. We're back. Okay. Sorry, my daughter was out wandering around the church looking for donuts because they think that this is permanently the place hey, where they just donut donuts. Hut. Yeah, basically. <laughs> donut hut, donut church. Yeah. Rebrand. Um. Oh, we're talking about precision description. So I'll be doing yeah, all that other yeah. stuff, but I'm also so what I'm going to be doing is uh, two components. One, I will be. Um, basically spearheading roots. Uh, I won't be spearheading roots. I'll be providing oversight with roots. The, the ladies, Liz and Caitlin, they're already crushing it, but just basically providing oversight with them. Um, I'll just basically, I'm here to serve them in, in any way I can curriculum. Um, I'll be developing a, um, family discipleship plan. That'll go out to our families of people uh, who, who utilize roots and, um, Basically, just making Roots, like, my goal is to make Roots the, the best volunteer spot on Sunday mornings. That's my goal. Yeah, I like that. I want it to be the thing that we have too many people wanting to sign up um, for. Uh, also, be looking to, to grow um, another classroom 
on, on to Roots as well. So, yeah. Roots, Sunday morning, that'll be um, that. But also, we want to start a, a a midweek youth gathering. Hey, um, we're gonna call it the Garden, right? Uh, Roots. Mm-hmm. We're gonna call it the Garden, and the Garden essentially exists to help disciple young kids to follow Jesus. So. One of the things we want to do is want to take kids from discovery to conversion to leadership. Um, um, yeah. Um, or as I as I say, we want we want to take people take these kids from 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 being the garden to gardening the new creation. Mm. So yeah, I dig that. Um, dig it. So ages eight to thirteen, um, and as we grow, to, we'll add more kids on. But that that'll be. A midweek gathering to be determined. Um, if you're listening to this and you have kids in that age range, I'm probably going to be hitting you up for the next couple of weeks just to talk and mm-hmm. pick your brains and begin to f- informally meet together. But um, our goal is to launch this in two months. Um, and, yeah, we'll give you more information as it launches. But, yeah, that's, that's the primary um, uh. thing. And then also just another passion of mine. Can I share this? Is that cool if I go there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where you're going. Um, oh, okay. Um, another passion of mine, though, is also just like, what does it mean for us as a church as a whole to pursue um, biblical um, diversity, right? Oh, not, okay. not diversity yeah, 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 yeah. in the sense of um, what the world says diversity is, but what, what the Bible calls us, you know, every nation, tribe, and tongue. And so... Wanting to integrate that within this 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 youth next gen gathering, but also as a church at, at large, ask the question: If we're going to be the city's most joyful church, how can our city reflect the city of God mm, and the yeah, people, yeah. the types of people that we bring, the ages of people, the socioeconomic status of the people that come into our church? I want our church to really re- be the frontier with heaven be surf, and so yeah. Um, yeah. There's really no programs around that. I think that's just something that, like, I've just asked the guys to, like, hey, just give me the freedom to to explore and, and think through this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Mm-hmm. I I love that. So um, did you – I was chasing down Della earlier, so I don't know if you – did you talk about your assignment where before we made the hire with you, you had to go gather feedback from I did. Fi- yeah, okay. I did. I did. I did. Um, and, yeah, the, the – like I like I said, um, so I said that people were like, yeah, preaching, obviously yeah. leading community group, um, cool. that kind of stuff. Just stuff that I know that I'm gifted in. The thing that was most surprising though was the father figure thing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And so that's what kind of yeah. led into that. So. Um, yeah. What would you that's add good. to that? How yeah, would you I, add to? Add no, I yeah, I think I think that's money. I I think you have a, an exceptional amount of clarity on the unique gift that you give to the world. I think it's, I think you nailed it with, uh, I think you nailed it with uh, coffee company man. Like um, mm. cultivate joy and belonging. Like I I think that you know happy homes is mission statement is sort of your mission statement. So yeah. I think you have just a magnetism that draws in community and helps cultivate a place of joy and belonging for people. In a lot of ways, you accomplish that by operating sort of like a father figure in, in the community. Hmm. Um, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, that's the way I describe it. So Sweet. I think this position is, I think it's just perfect for you, man. I think it's perfect for a pastor of community too, because you know one of the goals is 
what we don't want to do is create a ton of extra programs where where kids are siloed off mm-hmm. from the local church mm-hmm. and then unprepared for adulthood. Yeah, that's good. You know, like that that happens. Like sometimes kids are so siloed off from the local church that they're not even prepared to make the transition from high school to college or college to adulthood or yeah. or, or whatever. And um, so I think seeing things like Roots in the Garden as a genuine extension of our community... Yeah. is really, really important. So, you know, when it comes to, for instance, like the garden on, you mm-hmm. know, Wednesday nights, like I I want our best preachers there yeah. to, to preach little 10-minute messages mm-hmm. to them, right? I would love to see adult and young adult involvement with that. Yeah. Um, I would love for that not just to be a siloed off thing, but for there to be mm-hmm. a leadership pathway that starts to get developed between the garden and the Sunday gathering. And yeah. so as kids are going to the gathering, they're also understanding their own unique calling and we end up seeing them and experiencing mm-hmm. them leading at the church on Sunday mornings. Um, yeah. So I think that's really, really important man yeah that's and that's i was gonna read that it's in my job description to to make a path where it incorporates the garden with the gathering so we want yeah. this thing to be um serving two purposes but serve ultimately serving one purpose right like yeah yeah getting people getting kids on fire for jesus and it's just cool man you know what happens when like i told you this story yesterday about zion me and zion walking up to church and zion was just like just we're just talking about random things and Zion goes, So Daddy, when I'm a church planner and I was just like, Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Yeah. So you wanna plan a church? Yeah. He's like, Well yeah, you know, like I say, well, where do you want to plan a church? He's like, I don't know, wherever I live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. it was just cool for him for for that language, that thinking, that like ethos that he has, like, because he's been a part of our church for going on eight years now. Um for him to like see himself as like no like God's gonna use me in a big way and so yeah. what's up Della hey sweetheart um, you gonna say hi to the church hello <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, that's my hope is that every kid has this story whether that's not church plan whether they just say hey I want to be a part of a good church I want to be a mm-hmm. doctor but I want to doctor in a way that yeah. brings glory to Jesus so I want to be a lawyer I want to be a teacher that brings glory to Jesus the goal is that these kids will see themselves as part of of the larger body of Christ, and so yeah, um, and that That's good, a, as a body of Christ, we will be ready to receive these kids, like Jesus says that we should. So yeah, and um, like man, I think adjusting our vision from expectations to Bible is like so key. Because mm-hmm. um, like if we're honest, um, a lot of Western religion has taught us to view the church gathering as a meeting, so it's about Sitting down, right, and being quiet, so that we can pay attention and yeah. then leave. And uh, when you when you look at the Bible's understanding of gathering, um, all the way from Exodus, right, where they're gathering at Mount Sinai, to mm-hmm. Revelation, where they're gathering at a throne, it's less meeting and it's more kingdom. And so we want our Sunday gatherings to operate mm-hmm. as as a kingdom where there's laughing, crying, singing, rejoicing, worship. Um, kids running around, yeah. like laughing, and, uh, you know, kids are a critical component to that. And so, yeah, we, sh- we just need to start thinking of ourselves as our grandchildren's church, yeah. not our not our own. They're not an interruption. Yeah. It's their church. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so this, yeah, your position, I think, is going to be critical to mm -hmm. that. So speaking of which, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to position, position description? Um, no, man, I think we hit it all. We hit it all. Yesterday was my first day. So, um, yeah, still learning. Um, and I still, I do want to get coffee with you still. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. that I don't want to get coffee with you. I do want to get coffee with you still. Right. Um, but I, I think what I'm trying to communicate is just that give me patience. Like be patient mm -hmm. with me as I as I try to figure out. Um, yeah, this new thing. So that's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, let me exhort our church with kind of what we've been talking about for the last, really, the whole podcast, which is let's be our grandchildren's church. Mm. Let's stop thinking about the church in terms of do I like it and what did I get from the sermon today and what did I get from the church service today? And instead, let's start thinking one, two, three generations deep. And let's start thinking of this as our children's church and our grandchildren's church. Um, and if we can do that, um, then we can do effectively what many churches have failed to do, which is hand the baton off to the next generation when the time comes. Mm. And let's make sure that this church doesn't close with us and our leadership. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.